Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 85. My name is Samuel Adams, and on today's show, we are talking about some new details surrounding Redfall coming later this year from Arcane Studios that have certainly gotten me a little bit more excited for this game. I haven't been super high on it up until now, but... It certainly is one that has gotten on my radar. On top of that, we also had CES 2023 this week, bringing tons of innovations in the PC gaming space, but there's also a little bit of console news to talk about there as well. Even from the PlayStation side of things, there is certainly some great stuff worth celebrating. We also have some big changes coming to Hitman, specifically Hitman 3, but it also impacts Hitmans 1 and 2 that could give you a little bit of bang for your buck. And that's not all. Plenty more on today's show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. When it comes to 2023, a lot of Xbox players have very high expectations because of the lackluster 2022. I mean, in the entire calendar year, we didn't have one big new AAA game coming from the teams at Xbox, and that was a pretty big disappointment. Now, we had a lot of improvements to Halo Infinite, we had Forza Horizon 5 getting a big Hot Wheels expansion, we had things like that, but there weren't any big new experiences for people to look to and say, this is why you need an Xbox Series X or an Xbox Series S. And as we shift to 2023, a lot of people are excited for games like Starfield. A lot of people are excited for games like Hellblade 2 as well. And then on top of that, we also have a lot of excitement around Redfall coming from Arcane Studios. But up until this point, a lot of people have thought that this cooperative vampire hunting game is going to be a lot like Left 4 Dead. Based on the gameplay that we've seen, based on the information that has been shared, people kind of assumed that that would be the case, that Arcane is trying to recapture that magic that Left 4 Dead delivered back in the day from the team at Valve Software, because that was a game changer. I mean, when you think about Left 4 Dead and the impact that it left on the gaming community, that is what I would say was the foundation for things like Call of Duty Zombies that have grown into these huge experiences that people look forward to every year. And of course, I'd be remiss not to mention Back for Blood, which came out in 2021, didn't necessarily win over tons of fanfare, but it was generally well-received, all things considered. Now, the narrative has shifted a bit this week because Arcane's creative director, Ricardo Bear, sat down with the team of games radar to share more about the experience the game would deliver whenever players get their hands on it later this year. And during this interview, he said that Redfall is more like Far Cry. Here is the entire quote after he was asked about these comparisons that are being drawn between Redfall and the experience that was delivered by Left 4 Dead. He said, quote, It's totally understandable for somebody to come to that conclusion. There are four playable characters, you can play together cooperatively, and you're going against the undead. But in terms of the way that you play and experience Redfall, it's not like those games at all. Redfall is more like loading into Far Cry. He goes on to say, You're in a big-ass open world. We have a home base where you can talk to NPCs and get side quests. You can go to the mission table and pick up story-driven missions. Or you can not give a shit about any of that and just head outside, pick a direction, start hauling ass, and run into the living world stuff that we have going on, end quote. 
As the conversation continues, he picks it back up and says, In terms of freedom, there's what you would expect from other open worlds, but Redfall is an on-foot game. The scale and the pace is a little slowed down in that respect. We want you creeping through a cornfield at night in the fog, hearing vampires whisper in the dark. Maybe you'll spot a farmhouse in the distance and sneak over to it, only to find that it's full of cultists and a few trapped survivors who you can save. It's the kind of vibe that Redfall has, end quote. So that's been the topic of conversation over the past few days when it comes to Redfall, and it would be fair to say that a lot of people feel very divided about this statement. A lot of people don't like the experience that Far Cry delivers, and to some degree that formula has been a bit overused in recent years. I mean, you think back to things like Halo Infinite, where the campaign delivered a fine story, it did what it needed to do, but at its core, you are dropped into this big open world, you're going from base to base, clearing those bases, making space for your allies, and the missions are kind of carrying through as the game progresses. It's all well and good, but some people just don't enjoy that as much as they did back when a game like Far Cry 3 launched and really kind of brought it into the limelight. For somebody like me, though, this makes Redfall so much more exciting, and the question is still standing of how much will this game actually be like Far Cry? Is it really going to deliver that experience? I'll wait to see exactly for myself, because one creative director saying that it's like Far Cry or making a comparison in a podcast doesn't necessarily equate to the final experience that you're going to be getting on launch day. All of this being considered, I'm very excited about Redfall now because it has the potential to deliver a nice big open world where I can hunt vampires, and I think we can all agree that sounds pretty cool. My only hope is that this is catering to both the cooperative experience and to the single-player solo experience, because whenever I think about a game uh, like Left 4 Dead, I was concerned because when I played Back for Blood didn't really jive with me because I don't have a group of people that I play with on the regular basis. I'll occasionally party up with a couple of people, but that's just a few times a year. Nine times out of ten, it's early in the morning, potentially late at night, and I'm just diving on for a couple of hours, maybe minutes if possible, uh, of just some kind of game that I can dive into and enjoy. And so, hearing that it's going to be more like Far Cry immediately makes me think of Far Cry 3, Far Cry 5. Those kind of experiences that I really enjoyed as a single-player game where I can get into this big open world, go kill some vampires however I want. Uh, And so I really have some high hopes now, and considering this one is releasing on Game Pass... Certainly one that I'll check out on day one because it just is there. It's readily available. It's included with the subscription. So why wouldn't I give it a shot? Uh, I just really hope that this is a big win for Xbox because it's a new IP and it's one that has plenty of promise if that gameplay can deliver on what players are expecting. And it's fair to say that I think those expectations may have been shifting a little bit because of this recent article. So let me know down below. Would you rather have a uh, experience that's more like Far Cry or would you rather have an experience that's more like Left 4 Dead or somewhere in between? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now let's check out some of the biggest announcements from CES 2023, the Consumer Electronics Show. There was a lot to dig into this year from the world of phones, tablets, laptops, you name it, they had it. 
CES was a very, very big show this year, but for the world of Xbox, there were some announcements that I thought were worth calling out here on today's show, and the first is the Asus ROG Raikiri Pro Controller. If you're a PC fan, this one is going to be much more appealing to you, but if you don't mind a wired connection on your Xbox controller, this one bakes in something that I personally have never seen before, at least not since the Dreamcast way back in the day, but the ROG Raikiri Pro is an Xbox certified Microsoft licensed controller that has a screen built into it. It's got an OLED screen right there on the front of it. It is a 1.3 inch display that can be used to monitor battery life. See if your mic is muted. You can even add animations, pictures, text, whatever you want. You can put it on this little screen. On top of that, it also has some of the biggest features from the Elite Series 2 controller, like the back buttons or back paddles on the back, as well as the customizable step triggers, so you can really build out and flesh out a customized experience that could potentially give you a bit of a leg up in the game. But again, the screen on the front is the thing that stands out the most. Now, unfortunately... This is wired only on Xbox, so you do have to have a wired USB-C connection if you want to play on your Xbox console. However, in the world of PC, this is the first Xbox-licensed controller that has tri-mode connectivity, meaning you can connect through 5.0 Bluetooth, 2.4 GHz wireless, or even via USB-C wired, so you never have to worry about dropping that connection. So many options here, but... My question is, is it a bit overkill? Potentially. I mean, I'm the guy that still rocks the regular Xbox Series X controller. I've bought a couple of different ones throughout the years. I've had the 20th anniversary controller. I use the Lunar Shift currently, and I love that one. But when it comes to functionality and when it comes to innovation, I mean, it's cool to be able to see, hey, you've got an OLED screen on the front of your controller. But let's say console or PC gaming might not be your thing. Razer is also coming out with a new piece of hardware called the Razer Edge. And I think this is one that we've seen a bit of before, but we got much more information on it. Thanks to a post over on the Xbox Wire from Joe Screbbles, the Xbox Wire Editor-in-Chief, on January 5th, 2023. He writes, quote, launching on January 26th, you'll be able to play Forza Horizon 5, Vampire Survivors, and hundreds of other games on the go with Xbox Cloud Gaming on the all-new Razer Edge 5G handheld gaming device, available for pre-order today. Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate puts your games right on the devices most convenient to you. They go on to talk more about the smart TV compatibility, everything else you can do with it. But as the first dedicated 5G handheld console, the Razer Edge lets you access Xbox on the go more seamlessly than ever. Whether you're away from your console and want to keep your grounded campaign going or are diving into high on life for the first time while at a coffee shop, the Razer Edge makes it possible to play what you want when you want. With an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership, you can play hundreds of games on a range of devices through Xbox Cloud Gaming, including titles from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda the day they launch, as well as big hits and indie favorites from our partners. With Xbox Cloud Gaming, you can also play Fortnite via the cloud for free, no Xbox Game Pass membership required. So this little device is one that caught my eye because it's competing with things like the Logitech uh, G Cloud, that little handheld gaming device that came out late last year. But it's also competing with the Backbone One, which is a controller that snaps directly into your phone. So there's a lot of competitiveness in this space that's growing up. But in short, 
The Razer Edge is more so like a Nintendo Switch, where it does have this base Android tablet that is powering the entire experience, and I must admit, it comes with some pretty impressive specs. I mean, the screen itself is a 6.8 144Hz AMOLED Full HD Plus touchscreen, so if you're looking for something with colors that pop and on top of that that has that high refresh rate, it certainly is going to tickle your fancy there. It also has console class control with HyperSense haptics that do give a little bit more of an interactive approach to your gaming experience. And then the 5G is also a big deal. It's on Verizon. My question is, how well does cloud gaming really work over 5G? I've never tried it for myself, but based on my wired connection experience and my wireless local connection experience, you probably would rather keep that on the local network. Again, just my two cents on that one. But it also has the Snapdragon Gen or G3X Gen 1 gaming platform, which is the powerful CPU that's used for mobile gaming. And so with this device, it's less so just a dedicated cloud gaming device, but in the same way the G Cloud also lets you download stuff to an SD card and play on the go, that's the kind of thing you're going to be getting from the Razer Edge. So as with all of these handheld devices, if you happen to enjoy Xbox Cloud Gaming, this is one that you should consider because it starts at 400 bucks for the Wi-Fi model, and that's Wi-Fi only, so it certainly is not going to be your most affordable option there. But if you also play a ton of COD Mobile, if you play PUBG Mobile, potentially Diablo Immortal or other games like that in addition to your cloud gaming, then this potentially could be the right option for you. I think this is great for somebody who might have a busy household and they don't have the TV to themselves very often. Or potentially if you're on the go a lot and you travel for work, this could be a good way to keep that gaming stuff fresh in your regiment without having to rely on lugging around an Xbox Series X or an Xbox Series S. This lets you get the job done and it gives you that premium kind of Xbox experience. But as I said, when it comes to pricing, the Razer Edge Wi-Fi is $399, the Razer Edge Founders Edition is is $499 and the Razer Edge 5G does not have pricing right now. I would assume that's still being worked out from the team over there at Verizon. Uh, but I'm trying to find a discernible difference between the Founders Edition and the Razer Edge Wi-Fi. And it looks like it only comes with the Razer Hammerhead True Wireless 2021 earbuds. So I'd recommend going with the uh, with the Razer Edge Wi-Fi. I would assume there's probably some kind of unique design for the Founders Edition, but probably something that's passable unless you're really into the collecting side of things. So those are the two big Xbox-related announcements that I wanted to point out here, but the team over at PlayStation also had something that is totally worth celebrating, and that is Project Leonardo for PS5, a highly customizable accessibility controller kit designed to help players with disabilities play more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods. And there's an entire PlayStation blog up on this thing right now, but this is PlayStation's answer to the Xbox Adaptive Controller and the Adaptive Controller Kit that was later released that gives players complete freedom to play however they want regardless of their ability level. So if you have a limited range of motion, whatever you need, this controller can be customized to fit that need and help you enjoy these games the developers are making. And that's always something that is worth celebrating. We also saw Josh Muncy, director of Xbox Integrated Marketing, praising PlayStation's controller as reported on by the team at GameSpot, where he said, quote, fantastic to see more options for more gamers to play on their platform of choice. And that's the name of the game right here. 
No matter if you play on Xbox or PlayStation, no matter your ability level, you can come together and enjoy these games that people are making. So it's always great to see those kind of innovations driving the industry forward. To wrap up today's show, we have two quick stories to touch on. First and foremost, Hitman 3 is now going to become Hitman World of Assassination as of January 26th. This is in an effort to unify the experience that Hitman is bringing and make it easier to buy for people because... Things have gotten a bit complicated over the years, where content from Hitman's 1 and 2 is in its own little world over here. Hitman 3 has become kind of the hub, but you have to buy the... It's become a big mess. So, instead of keeping it the way that it was, IO Interactive said it's streamlining the many offerings currently on the stores down to two products, as reported on by VGC. These will replace existing ways to buy Hitman 1, Hitman 2, or Hitman 3. First, you have Hitman World of Assassination for approximately $70 USD that includes Hitman 3 plus Hitman 1 Game of the Year Access Pass and Hitman 2 Standard Access Pass. Then you also have the option to buy the Hitman World of Assassination Deluxe Pack, which is approximately $30 USD that includes the Hitman 3 Deluxe Pack, Hitman 3 7 Deadly Sins Collection, and Hitman 2 Expansion Access Pack. So, if you own Hitman 3, you will get access to that additional content. You will immediately get access to Hitman 1 Game of the Year Access Pass and Hitman 2 Standard Access Pass. So if you have the chance to pick that up, I'd pick that up. If it's on sale right now, earlier in the week, it was on sale for 21 bucks. So not that bad of a deal right there. This makes things way simpler and going forward, it's great to see Hitman kind of taking this and running with it because I think it makes sense to have a games as a service set up for Hitman as they build out these additional DLC pieces. And Hitman 3 is a great game all around. It looks beautiful, runs very well, and it was also on Game Pass there for a stint. I don't know if it still is or not, uh, but cool to see them kind of changing the way that this is marketed to people to make it easier than ever to pick up. And finally, to round out today's show, we have Games with Gold coming for January 2023 with $39.98 in value and 2000 in gamer score. Iris Fall is coming January 1st to the 31st, and Autonauts is coming January 16th to February 15th. Iris Fall is where you enter the dreamlike, stunningly designed world of puzzles and adventure, where you play as young Iris who follows a mysterious black cat into a labyrinthian world of light and dark. And then Autonauts, the world is yours for the building. Find uninhabited planets and transform them, starting with the absolute basics of harvesting sticks and stones, you'll begin your foundation. Eventually, you can move up to building worker bots, who in turn can help you build more after you hone their artificial intelligence. Teach them to fish, harvest, cook, tailor, and more. And before you know it, you can create folk who will need your assistance to survive. It's like Minecraft, but you build the people, apparently. Uh, So those two games are your lineup for Games with Gold in January. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, you can pick these up. If you have Games with Gold, you can pick this up. Uh, But once again... Gonna gonna stand on my hill that this should just be folded into Game Pass Ultimate and uh, Games with Gold should be uh, sent the way of the road, if you will. Xbox Live Gold should probably just be free and get people to upgrade to Game Pass. But I digress. That's me dying on the hill once again. And that wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you're new here and you enjoy the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or add the show to your podcast feed of choice and get it delivered to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. But let me know down below what games are you looking forward to for 2023? On last week's show, I talked about my top five most anticipated games of the year. If you do want to check that out, but I'd love to know if you're looking forward to Redfall as we discussed in today's show, Starfield, or something else entirely. Looking forward to reading the comments. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon. 
and keep on playing.